This is On the Folk in Road, the podcast, delving into the world of folk music, with Jester Steele from Said the Maiden and me, Gavin Darvell. Hello, everyone. Hello. That was a bit of a long silence there. <laughs> a bit awkward. How are we, Jess? Uh, I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm okay. Good. Well, I- I'm not okay, really. Oh. Um, I went to see a film at the weekend. Oh, what film was that? It was called Midsummer. Right. And it basically hasn't left my brain since. Oh. Not in a good way. Not in a good way, because it's not... It's It's a bit of a psychological... Horror. Ooh, my favourite. Um, set in Sweden, in a commune. Sounds brilliant. Five, or four, four, five, five people. I think it is. I can't remember now. Who go and visit for the midsummer festival? Is it good? It was. It was very well made, and an interest. Well, I wouldn't say interesting. It was. It was a gripping film. Very gory but psychologically plays with your brains. Cool. In cinemas now? It is in cinemas now. But yeah, yeah. If you if you don't like the kind of real real horror, it's not kind of monsters and things. It's it's proper horror. Proper horror is way better than monsters. Monsters yeah. are rubbish. And, and just some of the images have stuck in my mind and they're like... Ugh. Cool. Go and see it. It'll blow you to pieces psychologically. Okay. So whoever made it, I can't remember his name, but he's quite famous. I'm guessing he's Swedish. No, I don't think uh. he is. Um, he did one called Hereditary or something, um, and this is his second film. So how about you? How how is how is the folk in world? Um, good, thanks. Is that it? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Simple and easy. <laughs> we got a guest with us today, haven't we? We have. Who's sitting here just scribbling away? He's brought a, a collection of planes, which I'm really excited about because I'm a big fan of planes. You, you're very welcome to play with them. Thank you. I whenever might. you wish. Okay, excellent. So my, my son is here. Koji's just drawing pictures and playing with planes. Yes. Which is a great thing to do. So, Jess, we, we are... Um, I've noticed I always say so, Jess, when I listen back to these <laughs> uh, We've got some new listeners have we? We've had our first American listener. Yay. So hello, America. Hi, America. Thank you. If, why don't you let us know who you are? It would be really nice if they did. Yeah. Um, and also, we've had Singapore as well have joined in. Very nice. So the name of Said the Maiden has reached Singapore. Excellent. And America. It was already in America. Well, you know. So. What can we say? Plus our European pals yeah and our indian pals of course multinational so hello to all our folkers out there so yeah it's been a been a good start to the pod Mm -hmm. and we're doing well so thank you all for listening we really appreciate it we do on the folking road the podcast Today, mm-hmm. we are going to actually go on the Folkin Road. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah. Let's climb in the van. Okay. And drive away. Lovely. Right, we're driving in the van now. 
I want everyone to imagine this. So, so Jess, we're on the road. I've never actually toured in a van. We just go in a car. But would you like to tour in a van? Makes no odds, really, doesn't it? I don't know. Doesn't it make it a bit more romantic? Kind of, you know, oh, we're in a van. Because you hear them bands say, I'm, we pulled in the back of the van. Yeah, we have you... to sleep in the van. No. No. But if you're just in a car, <laughs> kind of. Mm. It's fine. You sure? They have much space. They don't have much space. We don't have very much stuff with us, though, so cars no. are fine. We could just put a, like a bed in the back so we can just sleep in We do have room for a bed if we need one. There we you can go. fold the seats down. We'd have to share, though. It would get very cosy. We can have two and then and just share. There we go. See, who needs a van when you can just stick a bed in the back of your Very car? true. Um, <laughs> I just think it sounds more romantic being in a van, doesn't it? I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm no musician. So so, so you, you've been on the road, of course. Yeah. A number of times. Mm-hmm. What, tell us, first of all, before we go into some of your stories, mm-hmm. and what is it actually like to stand in front of an audience? First of all, terrifying. on that first gig, terrifying. What's going through your mind at that point? Dear God, I hope this goes well. Have I remembered all the lyrics? Do my fingers know how to play the flute? Is my voice going to hold up? Why am I doing this to myself? And that's all going around in your mind as you're stood on stage mm-hmm. with people clapping, mm-hmm. ready in anticipation. Yeah, it's exciting as well, but it's terrifying. Yeah. yeah. And then what's the feeling like when when do you know if if you've hit it you know like yes this is going to be a good gig normally a couple of songs in so the first song is always a bit of a warm-up is it yeah and it doesn't matter too much if it goes a bit wrong oh no of course it does it always matters if songs go wrong right but we won't know that do depends on how wrong it goes okay i've had we've had to stop songs because they've gone so wrong so, have you? and yeah. then people definitely notice that. Yeah, I mean, have you? Has it been an embarrass, embarrassing situation, or is it just something you just kind of go, okay, let's get on with it, and we start again? And people are usually I mean, pretty it's nice. A to bit you. embarrassing, but people are aware that we are human. Yeah, and we're not perfect. So, has it ever happened with the very first song? No, I don't think we've had to stop the very first song. So that's probably quite nice then. I mean, you always, yeah. Once you get going, I suppose you can kind of miss a little bit, can't you? What do you mean, miss a little bit? Well, you know, like make a few mistakes and have a laugh about it. You can, to a point. There will come a point where people get bored of you making mistakes and stop coming to your gigs. So it's, you don't want to make mistakes. Yeah. Have Have you ever had a perfect gig? Is there such a thing? No, there is no such thing. You can get nearly perfect, but I doubt very much that anyone has ever got off stage and been like, that was impeccable, I couldn't have done anything better. Because you could have have done the best that you absolutely could in that moment, but you'll always come off stage and be like, if I'd had the chance to do it again, there's still room to be better. Hmm. Always, always. Yeah. How would your heart go? What would happen if your heart went wrong? If my heart went wrong, Whoa. that has happened on stage, actually. Has it? True story, yeah. I have a mild heart condition that plays up sometimes when I'm nervous and I've had to sit on stage, like sit down on the floor and just be like, I'll just be with you in a minute and let the girls talk over me whilst I sort out my 
Really? Do you have to kind of do yeah. breathing exercises? I have to hold my breath. Right. Okay. Yeah. And, and does it usually so it has happened. calm down after a few minutes? Uh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's it was not... an interesting, it was an interesting moment. Yeah. Were, were people suddenly panicking? No. Okay. No, good. I bent down to uh, pick something up and my heart started going funny. So I just sat down and I looked at the girls and I was like, they knew, they know that I've got this condition. So yeah. they don't panic too much and they know that I can sort it out. Um, so I was like, can you just talk and I'll be with you in a minute. And so Hannah tried to talk for a bit and fill the gap. And then it started going on for a little bit longer than I'm used to it going on for. So I stood up and was like, um, I'm just having a little, a little episode with my heartbeat. Um, I'll be with you in a minute. And we sold a lot of CDs that day because they put me on the CD stand rather than doing the packing up and uh, got a lot of sympathy votes. Wow. So we sold a lot of CDs that day. Yeah. yeah I, I wouldn't happened. recommend you do that every gig though because obviously no. as much as you'd like to sell some CDs. It's not a pleasant experience. No. Um, we've also had, um, Kathy's had to run off stage to throw up before as okay. well, mid-song. I imagine that's probably quite regular, isn't it? If you're nervous about a gig or something. What, throwing to... up no is, you know so... <laughs> no it's not a regular isn't it okay <laughs> no. do you throw up when you're nervous i oh i i i i go to the toilet a lot oh when i get you do that nervous. before you go on stage yeah i know i mean not on stage but if i'm if i've got something and i feel very nervous about it i i tend to go to the toilet Lovely. quite a lot good good i'm glad so what you should, we should what would you do if you had if you were really scared and you didn't want to go on for the first ever time. Ooh. I have had moments where I've been so scared I haven't wanted to go on. Haven't I, ugh, I can't even speak. I have had moments I've been so scared I haven't wanted to go on stage. But obviously you have to because people have bought tickets to be there and they'd be very disappointed if you didn't. Um, Is that because it was a big crowd or if it was just the type of gig? It's not even necessarily the crowd size. Just how you're feeling at the just time. Just how I'm feeling at the time. Um... Or if we're trying something new that's a little bit scary, um, venues that we haven't been to before sometimes are a little bit scarier than others. Um, but we just get on stage and do it. I guess we're kind of, we know that we've done it before. It's not like a brand new thing. Mm. And yeah, we have ways of getting over it. Yeah. We help, help each other out. Even if you lost your voice when you were just singing and then you straight away just lost it. Ooh. I don't know if I've ever lost my voice on stage. I've had, I've lost my voice before going on. Like, we've, all of us have been ill during gigs sometimes. Like, we've gone on stage and we've had sore throats. That's quite difficult. But we're lucky because there's three of us. So there's extra support. But sometimes you get a little bit of a crack in your voice and you have yeah. to. <coughs> yeah. So that's a bit embarrassing. Good question. Better than me, mate. Yeah. You can take this over. <laughs> so let's um go for a gig then, okay? Mm -hmm. So there you are, you you've got over your nerves. Mm -hmm. The first song is done. Mm -hmm. You're now into the groove. Yep. As much as said the maiden can groove. Yeah. Oh, we can groove. So, so, talk us through kind of your mindset as you're going through a gig. What, what are you thinking about, other than the songs? Anything. I probably shouldn't admit that, 
but particularly the old songs that we know really really well my mind can go anywhere and I'll come back into the song and be like oh we're on the third verse already how did that happen and sometimes I can sing a song and have no recollection of what I've sung because my mind's been elsewhere yeah. but imagine if if you were famous and had done it for years and years they must have the same they must go off into you know Mick Jagger Probably. how many years he's been strutting his stuff about 150 I think <laughs> something like that yeah you know, surely he his mind's wandering onto when can I, I get my Horlicks? Oh, I wouldn't want to suggest that he's that unprofessional, Gav. I no, he's only human, as you said. Um, yeah, I mean, I obviously try to stay in the moment as much as yeah, possible because I enjoy the moment and that's why I'm there. Yeah. But you do, yeah, your mind does wander. Are folk, you, sorry. Yeah, no, no. I was just going to say folk gigs in particular, especially the like folk club gigs are always quite interesting because there's a lot of interaction between you and the audience so you never know what you're gonna get from one gig to another so you can't be completely blasé about it because the audience tend to keep you on your toes a bit and i imagine you're quite close in a folk in folk clubs yeah you're basically sitting on the front row's lap a lot of the time yeah so so you've got to kind of pay attention haven't you yeah there's some fascinating photos of us from the front row of clubs where people are so close it's just like straight up our nose oh oh lovely if the microphone splitted, then you didn't know. Oh. Well, I guess Whoa. if I didn't know, I'd just carry on. I think maybe Jess has got a loud enough voice to carry well, in a room. Yeah, we often we don't have microphones anyway. It's only the much bigger gigs where we're given microphones. So a lot of the gigs we do are in rooms that aren't even that much bigger than this one. We don't need a microphone for a room this size, no. really. Um. We have had trouble with mics before, but you just there's nothing we can do about it because we're not in control of them, so we just have to mm. pretend like nothing's happening and let the sound guys sort it out for us. Yeah. Is sound check fun? Um, I wouldn't say it's fun. It's not something we look forward to doing. I've heard a lot that bands don't like sound check. Well, it's just... Is it because it's... Why is it boring? Is it because it's all waiting for them to get the sound levels You're right? You're just singing the same song over and over and over again yeah. to get the sound levels. And it's like, you want to be as precise as you can be. So it can be a very arduous process that can take a very long time. Yeah. What did you do where, when, when there was, um, where, where there was, um, when it was raining or like a storm, what would you do? Oh, if they're doing a, a festival gig. And it was really muddy. Oh, we've mm. done muddy festival gigs. And then um, where like, like some people just went. <laughs> That's a good question, actually. Um, you, if there's not that many people at a gig, you just treat it the same as any other gig, and pretend that there are more people there, because inside are you quite disappointed? No. Well. We've had song gigs that have been disappointing, but only because um, I think if you try out a new venue and not many people turn up, that's a little bit disappointing. But um, no, a gig's as important to those 10 people as it would have been to the 150. So you've got to treat it as important. Yeah, you have to. And, and give them, give put it your all best your all. on. Yeah. They've paid good money to be there and they've invested the time and energy. And mm. it would be insulting if you didn't treat it like there was 150 people there as opposed to 10. Would you be nervous if you had to do like a show against like lots of other um, songs? Or folk bands? Yeah. 
yeah that's always the scariest the thing we do a lot of festivals um and sitting and watching other bands before you go on well yeah what is it like if the really band before scary. you have really you know got the audience I mean, it's in great. The, in the palm of their hand and, and it, having a good time and then you're on next. If they're your support act, it's great because that's exactly what they're there for. Yeah. But it is always scary and there there have been times where we've been like, why are we on after these guys? Like, why aren't we their warm-up act? With festivals, it's a little bit, you do have to sit and watch a lot and it's it's really good fun and it gets you kind of in the mood, but it is scary. Um and the longer you have to wait until you're on that it's like are the audience going to be interested by the time or are they all going to be off getting their dinner and and like i don't know Mm. using it as an opportune moment to go and fill their glasses up um so it can be a little bit nerve-wracking and there have yeah there have been lots of times where we've been like i really wish we didn't have to sit around and wait to go on stage i wish we could just go on do it and come off and there's it it feels um a bit like sometimes a little bit like you can't quite enjoy the day or the evening because you're waiting to go on and you're having to put yourself in that zone and stay there so you can't have a few drinks and a laugh with your mates you have to be like focused and centered and ready Hmm. and then as soon as you get off stage you're like right give me five pints sorted yeah it is scary being on with other people but we're all we're all very supportive of each other and Hmm. there's no competition or people um, you know, trying to outdo each other. So. No, no. Imagine if we picked something that was really noisy, like a plane or something, then it ruined your band. Oh, that's probably oh. happened. Wow, that's probably okay. happened. Uh, we've had gigs. We actually one gig that we did. I won't name the venue, but it was in Bulldog. Um, it, we were there as part of the Bullstock Festival, okay. and uh, we were in a pub venue and they had timed it really badly and we were on at the same time as an england football match oh never good um but worse than that they put the stage underneath the tv screen (laughs) so people were sitting in the right direction but they were looking slightly above our heads and cheering at inappropriate moments of our set um so that was annoying we've had um gigs where the pub downstairs has been has had another band on as well that's really really loud and we've not necessarily even been plugged in, so we're quite quiet. That's quite difficult. Not necessarily for from the audience's point of view, but it's hard to tune to each other when you've got another tune going on downstairs. You automatically mm. kind of start yeah, I suppose you, tuning to the loudest thing you can hear. I, I, I experienced a bit of that at the Great Escape Festival. Mm. I went to in Brighton, and there was yeah a band going on under... Uh, on the downstairs yeah. and I was in the upstairs one and you could hear them and you could hear the up and yeah. you're like oh I don't know what to do we went to we did a gig in Germany um it was part of a festival and we were on at the same time as a band on the main stage who were incredibly loud and it was all outdoor but in the streets of the town and this stage was only about it was only at the end of the same street as we were on and it was so loud I could not hear anything that I was singing and to this day I don't know how it went I've mm. no idea no concept of how good it was did the audience clap yeah like they enjoyed no. it but they wouldn't necessarily know what <laughs> no. was going wrong no um but yeah that was really hard because I could not hear anything and when mm. we start um songs with one person that has to hit a certain note for the other people to be able to come in and 
or you're starting a cappella and then a guitar comes in and so you have to make sure you're staying on key that yeah that's really hard especially when there's someone else bashing music out yeah. further down the string yeah and what would you do if there was well if there was a power cut or like <laughs> you, you're a little mind boy we have not had power cuts but we have had an event where um, our stage was the back of a truck so you know you can roll the sides up if the trucks and we were standing on the inside of the truck trailer and there wasn't a power cut but it was really really raining and so obviously you can't have all the electrics out when it's raining so we had to stop halfway through the set and move everything inside and set back up and carry on so it wasn't quite a power cut but um yeah I suppose I, I said the maiden are quite lucky in that would I be writing about 90% of your instruments are kind of acoustic you don't need amplifiers they're all acoustic yeah all acoustic yeah. so so you're quite lucky I suppose aren't yeah. you in that sense you just need a microphone to to work to to yeah. get the volume out there I suppose yeah so power cuts or not the show goes on for Absolutely. you guys what would you do when there was a where you had to do a band on a, a plane oh have you done a gig on a plane no i'd love to though oh. i wonder if anyone's done a gig yeah on i a know plane. spiritualized have i've never heard of they them. oh have a listen to them they're, they're good they, they did a gig on a plane i can't remember where that would be cool i'd love I to i think do they that. have anyway yeah i'm sure they have okay but yeah i imagine that's quite fun i'd do a gig on a plane definitely i love planes just not when there's turbulence no maybe not is it a bit bouncy then yeah although if you do a boppy song then well yeah as long as it's to the same boom, boom, tempo boom. what would you do when there was when there was snow and rain snow and, snow and rain. rain we've got we used Sleep, to then. we used to sing a song about rain and snow mm. um hope that people can get through the snow or rain to come to us yeah we have had gigs that have been a little bit hindered by weather but um none I don't think any have been cancelled because of weather, but um, yeah, I mean, anything can happen in this world. You just gotta be as prepared as you can be for every eventuality. Yeah. On the Folking Road, the podcast. What if you got traffic? When you were in the car getting to the... Oh, that's happened a Ooh. lot. We had one gig in particular where we had to travel down to Bristol and we were opening for a guy called Sam Carter. And our set was only half an hour long. And you always want to be there early because you want at least an hour to sound check and then you want a little bit of time to maybe eat, get changed, tune up, all that stuff. So you aim to be there for like a couple of hours early. And we all had to work. So we were travelling to Bristol after work. And we got stuck in awful traffic. And we arrived at the venue halfway through what would have been our set. And so we ran into the venue, got on stage, sang about three songs and then got off again. And that was it. We oh, were, wow. We were meant to have done half an hour. And uh, yeah. We got a quite a nice round of applause though. People were dead chuffed that we made it and like stuck to it. But um, yeah, traffic's awful. Traffic's horrible. That's a long way to go for 
yeah. quarter of an hour. And because we um, all work, we have to generally drive in rush hour traffic, which is obviously the worst. Hmm. But yeah, we always try to just leave ourselves extra, extra time to get there. But we have been late on more than one occasion. What hmm. would you do if you if you had to go in front of a billion twenty hundred and billion twenty hundred and billion people i would wow uh, that's a lot what would i do panic probably well the biggest audience we've ever sung in front of was 2000 and that was actually it's interesting because you said do you get more nervous in front of smaller crowds or bigger I actually get a little bit more scared in front of smaller crowds hmm. because you're much more aware of them. They tend to be in rooms that are completely lit so you can see them all. In a room full of 2,000 people, you can see the first two rows and then the other people are just... Dots. Not even dots, they're just not there. Because the lights oh, are so the lights bright. Are yeah. yeah. So you can almost tell yourself that there aren't that many people in the room. Um, but that is terrifying hmm. um i would probably have to have a stiff drink beforehand just one very small one mm-hmm. um but you just try not to think about it because at the end of the day a gig in front of two thousand people is the same as a gig in front of 30 people it's exactly the same but, but all you have to do is just forget it exactly just ignore it yeah and then just do it. Exactly. Oh. Good advice. Exactly. Just pretend they're not there. Don't do the thing where they say pretend they're in their underwear or naked because mm. then you then some people don't look nice in their underwear and you don't want to have that in your head whilst you're singing. But yeah, and I think one of my things is that I'm singing for myself as much as I'm singing for an audience. So to me it doesn't matter as long as I'm enjoying myself and I think I'm doing a good job. The audience aren't irrelevant but they are yeah they're just do you focus on the back wall if it's indoors um or, 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 or no, do you, do you like to look at the audience i look at the audience hmm. yeah when it's a, a room where i can see everyone i look around the audience and i try to catch people's eye yeah um big rooms yeah look above the audience what would you do if if you if your um, show cancelled would you be happy or sad oh that's a good question i think we'd be sad we have had shows cancelled not last not last minute but we have had shows that we've had to call off because it hasn't sold enough tickets or um we've done two gigs where i had to cancel on the day because i had flu which obviously you don't you can't really plan for uh, and the girls have had to go and do it without me um that really sucks because mm. you want nothing more than to be there um with your pals um so yeah it is sad hmm. they don't often get cancelled we've had gigs postponed so they've just been put off which is fine um but yeah it's kind of gutting yeah in a way it might be a bit of a relief <laughs> just because you're like oh well free evening would, would you be really sad if you only went in front of one person i'd be a bit sad but it would be fine as long as they enjoyed it there's actually um a a thing called i think it's called folk in a box and it's a portable box and it's completely pitch black and you can only fit an audience of one in it 
and they tour around and people do gigs in them and they get like a lineup of of acts who do one or two songs and then leave in a box in a box with one person watching you can't see them because it's pitch black wow we've never done that but maybe, uh, maybe should i think there's too many of us oh i suppose so. i think it can only be soloists or duos well maybe when you do your solo work <sighs> if you give it a try maybe well i have to be asked oh you, they, they have to yeah. ask you to do it so mm-hmm. it, well, if they listen to this there you go ask jess to come and sing in a dark box mm. somewhere in britain yeah wherever it may i'm not be. actually sure if they still do it but mm. it was a thing okay what would we do if there was a way where a um a black tv like a really big one and then it went wrong and it distracted the audience what would you do then that's a very technical it question. It is. I'm not 100% sure I understand it. <laughs> Too technical Are you saying if there's a TV brain. on in the background yeah, and it goes wrong? It goes wrong. Maybe it just distracts well, Yeah. I mean, like I said, we've been had audiences yeah. distracted by TV before already. Just carry on. Just carry on. Yeah. That is the advice. Just always carry on. Unless you absolutely cannot. Hmm. Always carry on. If in doubt, keep singing. Unless you are in danger. Hmm. Have you got plenty more gigging stories then, Jess? I've got a few. Okay. Because we might do this then as part two next time. Okay. Because I think we've covered quite a bit. It went in a, dire- in a direction we weren't expecting. It did go in a, a direction we weren't expecting. <laughs> it was great. What would you do got if you One more question. <laughs> what would you do if you had to do a... A band on a boat. Ooh. Do you know what? There's lots of ships and stuff that were really noisy. Oh, well, we have played a gig on a ship before, um, but it was in a dry dock. It was the Golden Hind in London. Mm. We played on that. And um, fun story, one of the times that we played on it, uh, Karen Gillan, who played Amy Pond in Doctor Who, was in the audience. Wow. Very exciting. I got too nervous to talk to her, but she was there. I saw her. So she obviously came to see you. No, she didn't. Oh. It's just a bar. Oh, okay. She was there to drink. Right. But she, I think she It'd listened. be nice to think that she came to see you guys. It would, but she didn't. Oh. <laughs> what she came, would she came you to the cocktails. If you saw somebody that is really famous. Oh, Ooh. that has In happened. And then you just got really nervous and you really wanted to talk to her. Well... We haven't had, as far as I know, we haven't had any film stars in our audience, but we've had a lot of folk stars in our audiences before, and it's uh, it's really scary. It's quite an honour to know that they're there listening. Um, there's a couple of occasions that particularly spring to mind, and unfortunately they do involve the same person and I have mentioned him before because he was the reason I started playing folk music in the first place so here I go that's episode one embarrassing myself again we did a gig at Bristol Folk Festival we won an award called the Isambard Folk Award and part of our prize was to open for the Full English which was a big super group made up of various um, folk stars 
and one of them was Seth Lakeman and we were in our dressing room before the show very nervous and I opened the door and Seth Lakeman was there and I literally just screamed in his face and then slammed the door again because I did not know how to conduct myself around him and he's a lovely guy and we had a really nice chat at the end of the night oh good um and he was hanging around backstage listening to us and he came off uh, we came off and he was like congratulating us and saying how great it was which was really lovely um but yeah terrifying and then we did a gig in portugal for a festival called costa del folk um which is essentially is an english folk festival in hot weather in a resort yeah five star resort amazing the hot weather's your nightmare isn't it it. i mean it was fairly unbearable but there were swimming pools so we just spent all of our time in the pool but it was one of the weirdest uh experiences and also one of those times where there were a lot of big folk stars watching us and you just look around and you can see oh there's so and so and there's her and there's him who I've loved forever and so blah 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 um but it was also very surreal because people were listening whilst swimming and our stage was by the swimming pool so uh we were singing and it was great and then I looked up and the entire Lakeman family because they're a bit of a dynasty were just bobbing around in the pool having a listen and uh Seth's dad Jeff who is a pal came and hi Jeff hi Jeff came and uh sat and listened very intently which was very nice it's nice when people make the effort to come and and watch the kind of underlings do stuff it's nice it's nice to feel like they're interested and they're supporting you and yeah but it is scary because it feels like a lot of pressure you want to really impress them well well we have got into the van slash car yeah and we've started our journey on the folking road Mm mm-hmm We've already heard some interesting tales along the way. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there's some more. Absolutely. And so, folks, we're going to make this a two-parter. Okay. How exciting. Yeah. So you're going to have to tune in for part two to find out more of Jess and said the maiden, said the maiden, said yep, the maiden, said the maiden, <laughs> on the Folking Road. Indeed. Thanks, Jess. Thank you. Thank you, Koji. Thank you. Good questions. Better than me, mate. Your dad could definitely learn a few tips from you. When you go home, can you teach him? (laughs) (laughs) He's gone quiet now. (laughs) Till next time. Adios. Thank you for listening to episode five of On the Folking Road. And of course massive thank you to Koji um, who will be replacing me from now on until the end of the series um, as he does a far better job than me so if you have enjoyed the episode then please like us on iTunes um, download um, subscribe where you can on your podcast provider and also if you would like to become one of our folk in focus then please um join in and spread the folking word as we try to make the podcast um, to as many people as we can 
that's it for this week. We will be back for part two of the On the Folking Road episode. So see you then. Bye for now.